there you are. Hello and welcome on in to your Wednesday sober meeting. Uh, my name is Craig Beck from StopDrinkingExpert.com and uh, if this is your first time here, let me tell you what's going on. Once a week, every week at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. GMT, uh, we all get together and just pat each other on the back for another sober week, hopefully, or offer some support if you're struggling or you're having some problems. Uh, we just find it helpful to come together and know that we're not on our own. And I think there's great strength and power in that. So uh, congratulations on being here again. Uh, welcome on in. Um, how's this time for you? Let me know in the comments below. Do you wish it was later, earlier, or is this time perfect for you? Does it fit? It's kind of hard for me to get it uh well it's impossible for me to get it right for everyone but it's hard for me to get it right for the majority of the people because i live in a weird time zone uh it's 4 p.m for me by the way uh so let's say hello to a few people robert booth is here nice and early checked in uh half an hour before we started you're keen today robert um yeah the eye is better do you remember last week i i was struggling to even open my eye i don't know what went on there that lasted for three days and then then disappeared who knows? Uh, KB is here. Hi, KB. Welcome in. Judy's in from Washington. Um, Beat25x could be the first day of my life here. Um, but I've got to fight for it. First day is a good day. Good morning from sunny New Jersey. David Healy is on board and with us this morning. Uh, good morning from Toronto. Lindsay is here. Hi, Lindsay. You're welcome. Donna, new to the channel. A round of applause for Donna, everyone. Never too late. Absolutely not. Um, in fact, um, I, a few years ago, I had a lady ring me. I think she was 77. And she said, I've decided to stop drinking. It's never too late. Um, because what, you, what you're basically saying by stopping drinking is you're saying, okay, I made some mistakes, but the rest of my life, I want it to be better. Uh, Chris Bull is here. Uh, Chris says, hi, Craig. I'm 14 months sober. I wish my brother could do the same as he's just come out of hospital through drinking health issues. He's pretty much alcohol dependent. I hate alcohol now. Yeah, it's nothing worse than seeing someone you love um, go down this avenue. In fact, it's worse than often how you feel when you, you, you're you personally affected by it. To watch someone you love in the clutches of alcohol is, is really tough. Uh, Lee's in Texas. Good morning. You know, my uh, uh, overriding memory of Texas, Lee, I remember getting in a taxi in Texas and uh, the taxi driver, he said to me, he said, you from London? I, I just said, yeah. He said, you got that uh, M25 motorway in London, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, boy, we got drives bigger than that. <laughs> uh, I love Texas. Uh, Judy is here. Uh, KB says this time is just fine. Okay, good. Uh, Robert says this time is just fine, just before the school pickup. Perfect. Um, Beat25 says it's a good time. The drink is worn off by this time. Lol. Okay, good. Uh, Stephen Gallagher is here. First time I've managed to catch you live. Good. And welcome, Stephen. Uh, time is perfect, says David. 9 p.m. in Thailand. All good. I miss Thailand, Kate. Um, I've only been to Bangkok. I've been in Bangkok about three times. Bangkok is crazy, but kind of a good crazy. And I miss it very much. Um, let's have a look. Sailing boaty. Hello from Newcastle. Uh, you know, this boat that I'm sat on, sat on right now, sailing boaty. I don't know how old you are. Maybe you're too young for this. Um, this boat is called Sanssouci and it is named that after the, uh, the villain's boat in season two of Avida's Zane Pet. 
You remember with Dennis and all the Geordie boys, uh, they did the second series in Spain and the villain in that series was called Kenny Ames and he had a yacht in Marbella Marina and it was called Sanssouci and that's why this boat is called that. To everyone else, that's the world's most boring story, but just because she's from Newcastle. Monica, day one for me, Aberdeen. Welcome, Monica, and congratulations. Um, it always says Facebook user for some reason. You have to kind of put your name in the message if you want me to say your name. Um, anyway, you're very welcome from Michigan. Uh, Lee is here. We got Ecoaster, 60 days in from Motown. Very good. Stephen from Essex. Hello. Welcome. Onel is here. Three days sober. Very good. Uh, Sila in Denmark. You're welcome. Uh, JR is here. Linda is here. Okay. I will say hello to more people uh, as we progress. Um, this is an Ask Me Anything. So if you've got any questions at all, this is your chance. Uh, it can be about anything. It can be about staying sober, getting sober, any particular situations that you're in at the moment. Maybe it's just the stress and anxiety of what's going on in the world at the moment that's really getting you down. Uh, and I totally empathize with that. Um, my wife keeps saying to me, in the last couple of days, she says, I feel really depressed. And I say, why? And she says, I don't know. I just feel really depressed. And I think it's just this terrible, evil situation that is going on and those poor people in Ukraine. So uh, I empathize if you're just, you've got that kind of low mood going on at the moment. There's a lot of it about. So you can ask anything you want. You can share your sobriety journey. You can share tips and success stories with everyone, whatever you want. Um, just one thing I wanted to talk about today and wanted to highlight something. And before I do, let me just show you the website. If you've never been to the website before, go to stopdrinkingexpert.com. Here on the front page, you get your uh, spot on today's free quit drinking webinar. If you're thinking about doing the course, this will take you through the process to get started. Up here, we have the sobriety blog with all the articles and advice that you can go through and watch those videos. So that's all there if you want it. You can even get some soberware. Um, ah, you can even get... Uh, phone covers and everything. Yeah, it's cool. It's all there if you want it. But what I wanted to talk about today is this kind of alcohol-free movement that has started. And you're seeing it more and more. And it's generally a good thing. You know, more and more brands are bringing out an alcohol-free version of their drink. There are more and more brands that are being branded for the sober market. And that's fantastic. Because 12 years ago, when I, when I first decided to quit drinking, there was nothing. There was a few alcohol-free lagers, but they weren't very good, and it was very difficult to get hold of them. Now there's alcohol-free gin. There's alcohol-free whiskey. I mean, for the most part, it tastes disgusting, but at least it's there. At least it's there as an option. And now there are hundreds of different brands of beer and that you can get. Now, here's a brand on your screen right now, uh, an alcohol-free cocktail. And my apologies to the Nope brand. I'm not having a go at them. I'm sure they're lovely. I'm sure they're fantastic. It is just the first one that came up when I went looking for a non-alcoholic drinks brand. And here you see they're in Forbes. And they're being kind of quirky about it. They're talking about uh, why they're called Nope. And it's because no other brand calls out the mistakes we once made. Want a drunk Texan X? Nope. Want to profess your love to a stranger? Nope. Want to wake up with a misspelled tattoo? Nope. So that's kind of the, uh, you know, the marketing edge to this brand. So what's the problem? What's the problem? The problem is the price. I don't know if you've noticed this, but all these alcohol-free brands 
seem to be ripping us off as sober folks. This is a non-alcoholic cocktail. So what does that mean? It just means it hasn't got any alcohol in it. If I took some orange juice and some grapefruit juice and mixed them together in a glass, what would you have? A non-alcoholic cocktail. How much does that cost? What, 20 cents? I don't know. How much are these people charging for it? Have you noticed this? I saw in the supermarket the other day, non-alcoholic gin, $30. (laughs) Where'd they get that number from? There's no alcohol duty on it. So where's that coming from? It's basically just flavored water, isn't it? Let's look at the Nope website. And again, I really, I'm not having a go at this brand. I'm just using them as an example. They've got a very sexy, cool website. Look at this. Um, And it's nice that, you know, Sober has some design elements to it these days. But it seems to me that if your can has non-alcoholic written on it, you can double, triple, quadruple the price. Think about it. A can of Coke's a non-alcoholic drink, isn't it? But it's what, a dollar? How much is this stuff? Well, let's have a look. Let's go shopping. Let's go to the shop section on the Nope website. Well, it's pretty slow. Uh, oh, they got some cool flavors here. So let's have a look what we got. Uh, rosemary vanilla lemonade. Uh, all right, let's have a look at that one. How much is it? Shop now. How much do you think? Guess. Go on. $20 for a four-pack for four 330-mil cans. So $5 a can, five times more expensive than a can of Coke, just because it says non-alcoholic on it. Well, you're probably thinking there's something very exotic in it that justifies that price. Well, let's look at the ingredients. What is it then? Uh, Ingredients, carbonated water, sugar, fruit juices, flavors. Yeah? Let's have a look at the ingredients on a can of Lilt. One dollar. Carbonated water, fruit juices, sugar and sweeteners, uh, some coloring, and some chemicals. It's pretty much the same thing, isn't it? And yet, because it says alcohol-free on it, it's five times the price. Don't you feel like you're being ripped off a little bit as a sober person? I think it's great that there's a choice out there, but I just wanted to highlight that because I think it's a little bit devious, isn't it? You can charge five times more if you just put the words non-alcoholic on your brand. And we shouldn't be paying extra because we choose not to drink poison. Somebody's making some money out of us. And I just wanted to highlight it for your attention. Well, we had a super chat there. Uh, thank you, Garp. $20. Very kind of you. Uh, so let's have a look and say hello to a few more people. Um, I'm not going to get on my soapbox anymore. That's it. I'm done. I just wanted to flag that up for your attention. So now I'm open to you. Any questions, anything you want to share, then help yourself. Uh, okay, let's have a look. Uh, Linda is here. She says, good morning. I've been able to break the chain. Fantastic. And welcome, Linda. Judy Cook, uh, two years alcohol-free in three hours' time, age 69. Three hours, you know it to the to the minute, Judy. Wow. Okay. I don't think we'll be still online in three hours' time, but we'll all think back and remember you and have a little, uh, little party. Um, Zach says, uh, let's teach our kids about the dangers of drinking this highly addictive drug. So many people just leave it until they have had 25 years of punishment. Keep up the great work. You're welcome. Um, 
Lee says, I love that we've got people from all over. Super cool to support each other. Yeah, that's the whole point of this weekly meeting. Uh, and, you know, it's shamelessly stolen from AA. Um, you know, during the pandemic, I had a look at the AA London website and they were doing five online meetings a day. Not all from the same meeting, but, you know, they, they were putting their meetings online. So I attended one and it was so boring. It was so boring. For the first 20 minutes, someone just read a passage out of a book really badly and slowly. I was like, oh, this is. But what I liked was the sense of community, the sense of coming together. So that's why we're doing this. Um, uh, Lilia Lewis-Pierce, uh, good morning. Uh, morning, Avali, California, 22 days sober, awesome. Uh, Garp, North California, uh, California. welcome, Garp. Uh, CJ, hi, all from the UK. Have a great day. Here since I stopped intentionally poisoning myself on a regular basis, and I hope you are too. Fantastic, CJ. Uh, Jim is here. Jim, my favorite pharmacist. Uh, I hope my son-in-law doesn't hear that. Uh, good morning, Craig. Back mo uh, morning here in New York. Jim, I miss New York a lot. I really miss New York. Haven't been for years now. Uh, Linda says, good morning. What do we got here? K2, thanks, Craig. Time is good. I'm alcohol-free six, six weeks today. Feel great. I got invited to drinks with my boss last week. Happily drank club soda while he and three co-workers drank margaritas. Big test, Kurt. Well done, Kurt. You survived it. Todd, I wish I could attend one of your seminars. Yeah, me too. Me too. Just one minute. Let me turn this heater off. It's getting really hot in here. Um... I haven't done a seminar for, I think the last seminar I did was January or February 2020. So it's two years. Um, just waiting till we get some clarity on coronavirus. Um, isn't it strange that the media are no longer interested in coronavirus? It's just disappeared, hasn't it? Because they've got something better to focus on. I've always thought that 50% of the damage to mental health and the economy of the coronavirus was caused by the media, just lazy journalism, just getting excited by fear, spreading fear and spreading, you know, worry and all that sort of stuff. And now it's, it's so transparent that they've got something juicier to be lazier and, you know, narcissistic about. They've just forgotten about coronavirus. Oh, we've got something better now. We can scare you. And if you notice that they're trying to bring up nuclear war all the time, it's driving me crazy. One flippant comment by Putin and all the media, all the news channels are now running mini documentaries on what nuclear war would look like. I mean, talk about trying to scare people on on purpose out of just lazy journalism. It, it does my nutting. So uh, I kind of went off on the tangent there, didn't I, Todd? As soon as I can, we'll do the seminars again. Uh, I'll try my best to get back on board with that. Wow, I'm like a coiled spring today. JR, thank you very much for the super sticker. Uh, very much appreciated. Uh, Celia, two years sober with two small relapses. It happens. Uh, Kate says, try tire. I would love to. Uh, Mick is on board. Uh, Mick did a great video in the secret Facebook group the other day. Um, he just ran the camera and talked for like, was it 25 minutes, something like that, Mick? And he just talked about his journey from alcohol to sobriety and, and how it had impacted his life. Um, and it's really good. So if you're a member of the Facebook group, go and, go and have a look at that. If you're not, then as long as you've 
bought the book or bought the course, you're, you're free to be a member of the Facebook group. Um, James, good morning from Lower Manhattan. A bit early, but good to be here. Thank you, Craig. You're very welcome. Um, uh, Mark Keane is here. Look at that. Mark Keane was our smoking expert who came on um, a few weeks ago. If you're smoking as well as drinking and you're wondering how you deal with both these issues, then Mark's your man. So go to my YouTube channel, go to the live streams, go back a couple of weeks and you'll find that we did a full kind of 40, 50 minutes with Mark talking about smoking. We're going to get him back on in a few weeks time. and We'll talk about some other stuff as well. Nosy stuff worth checking out. Uh, Carol is here. Uh, hi from Reading. Celebrate eight years sober free of the evil source. 59 years young. Good luck, everyone. It's never too late. Life's amazing. Eight years sober. Wow, fantastic. What was it that made you take that step, Carol? What happened? What what changed in your life where you said enough? I've had enough of this. And what if you could give two tips to people watching now who are struggling? What would they be? Just want a bit of uh, your experience and expertise. Uh, Judy Cook, I qualified as a sobriety coach on Monday. Fantastic, Judy. You know what? Uh, by the way, as a little tip to you, if you're thinking of, uh, you know, you've got sober and you're thinking, how can I kind of guarantee that I'm going to stay sober? The best way to to do that, I think, or one of the best ways is to wear your sobriety with pride. I'm not plugging T-shirts. I mean, don't don't put your uh, addiction into the past and leave it there. Wear your sobriety with pride and try and help other people, because if everyone knows that you're sober and proud of it, it's it puts a lot of pressure on you when you are tempted to drink not to, because you kind of feel like I'm going to be letting everyone down, you know. And that's I spoke to Sharon from uh, Over the Influence. Uh, the podcast a few weeks back and asked her the same i said does you know doing this podcast does it help you stay sober and she said absolutely i couldn't bear to drink because i know i'd be letting every single one of my subscribers down and you know i feel the same so helping other people is a fantastic way to keep you on this path so good on you judy um let's have a look here what else we got i'm sure i'm missing loads of people um Mark, uh, our smoking expert, is just saying that, do you think the war will make people susceptible to using alcohol? Uh, I think, you know, Mark, we agreed, didn't we, that smokers and drinkers are quite uh, in tune and, and share similar traits in that when smokers feel stressed, they smoke more. And it's the same with alcohol users. Um, drinkers, alcohol is a panacea. You know, it's they use it for everything. They use it for stress. They use it for insomnia. They use it for a celebration. It, it, whatever is happening, it's an excuse to use alcohol. And so this general feeling of anxiety that's around at the moment, I think, is definitely going to be used, whether consciously or subconsciously, by people to facilitate their drinking. It's, it's undoubtable. Um, Graham is here. Graham McRobert. Hi, I've relapsed a game, but I will get back on track again due to personal stuff. Okay, Graham. Um, well, you know, look, congratulations on turning up because it's so easy when you relapse to just, you know, unsubscribe from the channel, delete all your, you know, social media connected with quitting drinking and just kind of put your fingers in, in your ears and pretend it didn't happen. So you're still here. You're still turning up. So be proud of that and uh, come back next week. Todd, 14 months sober here. 
I went to a very formal affair last Friday night. And an hour after the alcohol consumption began, most people became well-dressed. <laughs> Am I reading that wrong? Uh, maybe there's another part to that text. Uh, Alexander, all great with this hour. It's 8 a.m. in Mexico. Fantastic. Good. Um, let's have a look. Um, Robert says, at the big football matches, it seems the big alcohol companies like Heineken are only advertising their zero brands on advertising boards. It's definitely a movement. You know, it's, it's definitely... Um, a cool thing to be associated with these days you know there was there was a lot of macho nonsense around alcohol free uh, beers you know when i quit drinking 12 years ago you know, i you know i used to hang around with um, a few people and when i used to order non-alcoholic drinks there was a very much an air of oh you know what's wrong with you get a proper drink in you well, almost a suggestion to you're not a real man if you don't drink poison which is nonsense um but times have changed thankfully times have changed and brands are now kind of celebrating their non-alcoholic versions but i just refer you to my earlier point getting a can of fruit juice and sticking non-alcoholic on it doesn't justify making the price five times higher in my opinion that's not cool um chris ball uh, alcohol didn't just affect my brother it affected my dad my dad came from being a great dad to being a violent man i always said alcohol killed my dad years before he stopped breathing it's true on friday i'm doing a bit of a deep dive into samuel l jackson who is another famous sober person um Try and, try and watch it. It'll be on YouTube, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, because I think it's an interesting story. It's, it's, not, it's not like an Oliver Reed story where everyone knows he's an alcoholic. Samuel L. Jackson had been an actor for like 20 years before he stopped drinking, and nobody knew he had a problem. Everyone just thought, oh, that's, that's how he is. Nobody thought he had a drug and alcohol problem. He just he, he held down a job. He kind of had his little bit roles in movies. Uh, he was an extra in this and an extra in that. And he had some, he was doing a lot of work in the theater. It wasn't until he stopped drinking completely that his career really took off. And he got a part in, you know, Reservoir Dogs and, uh, uh, no, sorry, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. He really became a star when he stopped drinking. And I think that's because alcohol, for people like you and me, for problem drinkers, rather than full-blown alcoholics, we don't generally end up like the stereotype alcoholic. We don't end up sitting on a park bench drinking alcohol out of a brown paper bag and, you know, sitting there crying because we've lost our job, lost our house, lost our family and all this sort of stuff. That's, that's rare. I don't really meet people like that. But I do meet people who are trapped in mediocre. You know, they're in a relationship and it's, yeah, it's okay. It's not great, but it's okay. They've got a house, but they've got a load of debt. They're in a job, but it's okay. You know, they've had a bit of, promotion but they're not they don't get enough money they don't their boss is an asshole they don't really like it everything's just kind of okay and that's what alcohol's really good at doing is suspending you in mediocre and you know success is not gauged by what you do compared to other people 
because you know what's that saying if you judge a fish by how well it can climb a tree the fish will always be a failure and that's why you can look at your life and say well you know i'm successful i've got a job i've got a house you know i've got a nice car i've got a family i've got we go on vacation every year and you might look at other people and say well i'm better than them but you know but success is actually gauged by what you've achieved compared by compared to what you could achieve if you'd operated to 100% of your capacity and here's the point if you're problem drinking nothing in your life is at 100% of your capacity you may be a good parent but you're not a great parent you may be having success in your career but you're failing compared to what you could achieve look at your bank account at best you've got 70% of what you could have made look at your marriage it's not as good as you think it is it's not as good as it could be if you stop drinking poison every day because that's what alcohol does it puts the brakes on life it prevents you achieving your potential and that's the biggest sadness uh, so if you can just uh, make sure you watch friday's video uh, i think it's really interesting todd says i really don't think zero percent beers are a good idea that's how i relapsed yeah a lot of people say that todd um and I, again it's about mindset isn't it it's if you if you if you're substituting the alcohol with uh, alcohol-free beer um it's not healthy i think they have their place we generally don't have non-alcoholic beer in the house not because i have a problem with it it's just that i'll drink it all <laughs> you know it's um it's just too easy to to grab a bottle of of beer and sit in front of the tv whereas if it's not there i'll drink water but if it is there i'll drink it so we tend not to have it i have no willpower um where it comes in useful i think is at parties and get-togethers it's it takes the pressure off if you can stand at a party with a bottle in your hand you hand over the label and just slowly drinking non-alcoholic beer because it, it stops the idiots who feel compelled to question you about your drinking or to try and pressure you to join the drinking gang, you know? So that's where it does have its place, I think. Um, let's have a look. LAB, so excited for this topic based on your advice. One week, no alcoholic drinks, and yes, so expensive. Received a $35 refund for the four items I returned non-alcoholic gin it's a thing linda it's out there and it's really expensive and i've tried uh, i tried the seed lip non-alcoholic gin and to me it just tastes like strange flavored water so i'm not sure why it's 30 40 dollars a bottle um kate uh, i'm bored of covid here a lost relationship and looking after little ones who are so scared thailand primary teacher did we speak kate i think we spoke didn't we um let's have a look karen uh says day 15 thanks craig uh fantastic well done rob woods how do you hypnotize someone without them knowing <laughs> rob you're, you're in the wrong chat group i think are you are you supposed to be in stalkers r us uh, we do alcohol here rob 
how do you hypnotize someone without knowing? Need to know for a family member. Three and a half years alcohol free here. Thanks so much. Do you mean someone who's drinking, Rob, and you want to hypnotize them without knowing? Uh, you can't really. Well, you can, but it's, it's not hypnosis. Um, if, if you want to learn how to do things, if you want to linguistically affect how people feel and, and, and move people like that, you should study NLP. Go and do your neuro-linguistic programming uh, qualification. Um, and it's all about intelligent use of words and understanding human psychology and how why people do what they do um it's, it's like little things like sometimes when i'm doing a coaching session with someone and this this drives my kids crazy because they hate when i say this when i'm doing a coaching session if someone says to me if i ask them a question like i say why are you drinking uh, or why aren't you achieving what you you know you want to achieve? And they say I don't know. Sometimes I'll say I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would you say? And half the time they'll answer. And it's just it's just a silly trick. It's just a it's a trick, but it's it's based in psychology. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I know you don't know, but if you did know, what would you say? And you can learn little things like that. But it's not really hypnosis, but it is kind of taking a more controlling lead on the conversation to take people where you want them to go. These are all sales techniques and things. I hope that helps. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Um, let's have a look. Robert Booth, totally agree with you, Craig. Peroni Zero is four pounds in the pub I play darts in. Yeah, it's the same here. Uh, like I've told this story before, there is a local bar here. Uh, it sells really cheap beer. It's €1.80 a pint. I think they pretty much must sell it at cost. Um, and a half pint of Coke in that same bar is, I think it's three three €3.50. It's just crazy. Um, Elena King, maybe it's just me, but I don't see any point in drinking the non-alcoholic stuff. Uh, I think there are two points, Elena. You, I mean, you know, everyone has their view. There are two points. One, it's a it's a social prop, uh, and two, uh, sometimes these beers, these non-alcoholic beers, are, are better for a more mature palate. You know, um, I, I don't like sweet drinks, so if I go to a party and there's a choice of fruit juice or Coca-Cola, and they're they're the non-alcoholic options, I'm going to have one maybe two during the, the evening, but uh, I, I don't like sweet taste. So sometimes a beer can just give you that more grown up, more mature, you know, flavor. Uh, Thomas, Thomas, uh, Tom Galina from Illinois. Wednesday morning chat is perfect way for me to get centered, motivated for the weekend. Great. Good to hear. Nobody's saying it's terrible at the moment, but I guess those people wouldn't be here would they? <laughs> Um, Todd, 14 months sober here. Uh, most six packs of non-alcoholic beer, $11. That's not too bad, I suppose. Um, uh, let's have a look. What else we got? Uh, hi, Luke. Welcome on in. Trish is here as well. 
been sober for weeks now. Last summer, I tried non-alcoholic beverages and found them to trigger the desire to drink because they tasted so much like beer, not to mention the price tag sucked. Mm. Yeah, you know, they're not for everyone. And, and you'll learn, you know, for some people, they are a trigger and you'll you'll learn to stay away from them. Other people, they can, they can use them. Everyone is different. Uh, Andrew Bailey. Hi, Craig. Six weeks sober today. Love your videos. I feel like reaching for a drink. I just watched this channel. Perfect. Um, let's have a look what else we got. Uh, Eric the Red. Craig, what do you do to relax in the evening? <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a night owl at all. I mean, ridiculously. I'm kind of famous for how early I go to bed. Um, I go to bed pff, half nine. That's that's kind of late for me. <laughs> the other week we went out and we didn't get back till half ten. I was like, "Whoa, crazy! I need to slow down, Craig. You're just burning the candle at both ends." But then I do get up between four and half five in the morning. So you know, so not a lot, Eric. Really, I, my wife comes home from work. One of us will cook. We'll watch a bit of TV, and that's pretty much it. Really, you know. Rewatching Dexter at the moment because I, I like the new season. So I've gone back and watched the whole of uh, the first season. Um, let's have a look. What else we got here? Uh, Sailing Boaty. I'm 23, been drinking for four years, worked uh, up to two bottles of wine a night, find your channel. Now I'm determined to stop last week. Thank you. Wow, that was, that was a quick progression, Sailing. To get four years to get up to two bottles of wine a night. That's 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 going it. Um, and it's so easy to go from, you know, the problem with tolerance with this drug is it's so easy to get to the point where you're drinking quantities of alcohol that if I told you when you were like 15 that you'd be drinking, you, you would have said, no way, impossible. And you will have heard stories about people who drink like a bottle of vodka a day and you'd be like, that's just crazy. That they're mentally ill. That, you know, I would never be like that. You wouldn't believe how easy it's to, it is to get from two bottles of wine a night to a bottle of vodka a day. You're talking a few years. That's all it takes. And you might be thinking, well, then what? Well, then you die, really, because you get to the point where you drink a whole bottle of vodka and you're not drunk. Then what do you do? You're, you're literally poisoning yourself to death. So you've made the right decision and stick to your decision. Don't... Uh, don't let that evil clown persuade you to, you know, to tell you that you, you need, you're fine and you can go back to social drinking. You're better off here with us. Deanna, uh, 4.5 years sober, but at times I still miss the fun and crazy me. Now I stay home a lot and feel so responsible, but definitely a better life. I'm sure it'll get easier every year. Uh yeah, but don't forget, you're also getting older. And that's, I'm not being offensive. <laughs> and I know you're not supposed to talk about a lady's age and all that, but it, it, I, I'm 40, 48 this year. Yeah. And like, you know, I've just told you, I go to bed at nine o'clock at night and I get up at four in the morning and get up and do my accounts. It's, you know, it's not a rock and roll lifestyle. Uh, and you can look back and say, oh, I used to basically do crazy things. And you can attribute that to the alcohol in part, but also because you were younger and stupider and you know less wise you get older and you do you know you, you do you know less crazy things anyway don't you um it's out stephen says me too andrew bailey regularly check out the channel to reinforce the message 
That's how you stay sober, by making sobriety an active part of your life. The people who quit drinking you know, and then go, job done, now get on with something else, relapse eventually, because they forget why they stopped drinking in the first place. Be actively sober, is my advice to you. Um, wow, Ava. Usually listen on Spotify, first time live, 59 days alcohol-free. Your podcasts have really helped on my journey. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Um, let's have a look. Ellie is here. Good morning, Ellie, and welcome in. Uh, Beat 25, what's your opinion on tapering off alcohol? Uh, one of the things... I get upset about with AA is the rules is the insistent that you do it this way or not at all. And if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. Uh, and I quite often get comments from AA cultists on my YouTube channel, uh, saying ridiculous. Don't listen to this man. He's a scam artist. AA is the only way. And I think, well, why are you so insistent that it has to be your way? Uh, so I, I'm not a massive fan of rules and I don't want to say to you, no, you can't taper or you must taper. Or, it's different for everyone. Um, some people are, uh, have tapered off while doing the course and slowly as they go through the course and their mindset changes, they start thinking, why am I drinking this? I don't, I don't see any benefit. Why am I? And they just slowly don't want to drink anymore. Whereas other people prefer just to stop. So whatever works for you. Um, there's no hard and fast rule. Uh, when I stopped, I knew that tomorrow, I can't remember what the date was now, but I think I was in London. Uh, but I, I knew in my head, I'd been building up to it. And I said, tomorrow I'm stopping drinking. And the night before I went to the shop and I bought half a bottle of vodka. And my intention was to drink it all. And I couldn't. I had about, I think I had two or three glasses and I threw the rest away. But I knew that that was going to be my last, my last drink. Uh, and I hated it. But I just thought I've, I've got to do it. So that that's kind of what I did. But it's different for everyone. Um, <laughs> UFM nut. Good morning from New York. Boat streams are always cool. Yeah, it's just really bad weather. The boat is rocking a bit today. And it looks like we're heading for a storm. Uh, the attendants have just been down and tightened all the ropes and things. So I think we're in for some pretty choppy weather. Linda, last uh, September 19th last year, rock bottom hit, blackout. Had to go to hospital. Uh, got seven stitches. So that was the beginning. That was the decision, was it, Linda? Uh, GRN, uh, I've been sober for nine years. I did it on my own. However, my family members who are in AA act like my sobriety isn't legitimate. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that a lot, you know. AA people saying, how do you stop drinking? And you say, oh, you know. Uh, I did the stop drinking expert. Oh, well, come back to us when you fail. Like... What's wrong with you? Um, rhubarb. Uh, you should have left your business card to the poor AA chaps. I guess that, that is. Uh, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't have any business cards. Um, because who wants me to come up to them? And unless you're in an AA meeting, you know, who wants me coming up to them and going, "Are you sure you want to be drinking that?" Um, <laughs> I don't need the uh, the abuse, quite frankly. Um, and often people get quite offended. Uh, I get quite a lot of people 
well not a lot of people maybe once a week once every couple of weeks people someone will email me and say i think it's disgusting i think it's absolutely disgusting that you charge money to help people stop drinking if you really cared about them you would do it for free uh and i, I think well do you do you go to work for free if not then presumably don't really care about your work or, you know, try breaking your leg and going to the hospital and saying, well, if you really cared about broken legs, you'd, you'd fix it for free. It's my job. Uh, what? You want to pay for the alcohol, but not the solution? That's kind of twisted. So, no, I just, you know, if people find me, I'll help them. If not, then, well, whatever. Uh, Dean McKee, good morning from San Diego. Thank you for your channel. I'm alcohol-free for... Um, Oh, it's 11 and a half years. My entire neighborhood drinks. They're now looking up to me and wanting to feel good. Best way to do it, Dean. Lead by example. Um, CJ says, it put me right off drinking alcohol when I discovered the government will be using it. Yes, the exact same alcohol that is in your drink uh, into unleaded petrol as a biofuel additive poison. Yeah, you wouldn't drink a pint of petrol, would you? Alexander, question about homeopathy, Mr. Craig. How through some ways of administration of the use of alcohol is it for it's a benefit? This has been disturbing me for some time. Thanks for being on YouTube. There's no there's no benefits to alcohol. And homeopathy is, is debatable. Uh, I, there's very little evidence to suggest it works, unless you can point me in the direction of something that says it does. Um, in my opinion, it is 99% placebo effect, but... That's just my opinion. But I do know that there's no benefit to alcohol at all. Um, so unless you can point me to some research that uh, has done some serious, credible research, as in a double-blind survey, uh, that I, I don't believe it. Stephanie McDaniel, is this live? It is. It's 20 to 5 in the afternoon where I am, Stephanie. Um... Carol Ann Hugh Holmes. Okay, this is Carol who commented before, and I think she's, she's many years sober now. I asked her what was the turning point and to give us some advice. And she says, I woke up one day and thought, I can't do this anymore. I went to my doctor and referred myself to an alcohol support group. Did my six weeks, felt amazing. So I just carried on, lost so much weight. My skin glowed, looked younger. I was funnier and my daughter is so proud of me and I'm proud of myself. Never relapsed and when I asked when I'm asked why I don't drink, I say, why do you? <laughs> and then I look at them at the end of the night and say, is this why? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, they must hate you. <laughs> um, Star child, I skipped the day and felt fantastic. I will stay sober today. Imagine if you skip a month. Um, Mick says, after a month of being alcohol free, I announced it to the world and I never hide it and talk to anyone that asks. Uh, and this is why Mick has very kindly given me permission to share his video with you. Um, so Mick, I, I did put a comment in the Facebook group. If you could WeTransfer, there's a website called WeTransfer.com. You can send me the high res video. I'll share it with everyone on here. And thank you very much. Um, what else we got? Uh, 
Paul, Paul Bentley, I had to be put on medication for alcohol abuse. Naltrexone is helping with the cravings. So far, it's actually working. Great. Uh, so you uh, you take a tablet an hour before you drink. Is that right, uh, Paul? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's got a good success rate for a lot of people. It didn't work for me, uh, but I've explained why. I, I had really horrible um, side effects from the drug. Uh, it just made me feel terrible. So I was kind of onto a losing battle from the start because I had to force myself to take a tablet that I knew was going to make me feel terrible to avoid doing the thing that I wanted to do, which was drink. Uh, it's so easy just to skip that that horrible bit out and go straight to the drinking for me. But I'm glad it's working for you. Uh, keep going with your doctor's supervision, of course. Um, Carolyn Turner, uh, I want this so much, but I don't know how to do it. Carolyn, I think we talked on Facebook, didn't we? Um, I think you were saying something like, does this guy genuinely help people, that sort of thing? And I was encouraging you to take the course. And you said you'd take, you might be the right, wrong person. You said you've done lots of courses and none of them worked. Uh, and how do I guarantee that my course will work for you? Uh, the answer is I can't guarantee it will work for you. I can't. But what's the alternative? You just give up and just say, well, I say I'm a drinker and you drink until you die. There's no alternative. You have to keep trying. And that's the important thing. It doesn't matter how many times you fail. As long as you keep trying, as long as you're on that road, because at some point the penny will drop. At some point, whether it's my course or a book you read or something somebody says to you, at some point the penny will drop and you'll go, I get it. I get it now. But you can't stop. You can't stop trying things. All right. It's expensive to buy books and DVDs and audiobooks and courses online, but it's not as expensive as, as, as alcohol. I bet if you, you're honest with yourself and you sit down and work out how much you're spending on alcohol, it's significantly more than you'll ever spend on self-improvement. So if you try something and it doesn't work, try something else. But this is really important. All diets work. All of them. The Mars bar diet works. It's not about the diet. It's about the mindset. You can have 10 people all doing the same diet and five of them will lose a load of weight and five of them won't. So how can it be the diet that's the problem? You can then say, well, that diet's rubbish. It didn't work for me. I demand a refund. It's not the diet. It's the mindset. So the job number one, Carolyn, and, and this is harsh, but this, that you know, when you get to know me, you'll know that I don't really sugarcoat things. Job number one is you have to take 100% responsibility for the situation you're in and getting yourself out of it. Nobody else is going to fix this for you, including me. I can give you the tools to do it yourself, but I can't fix the situation for you. You have to do that. And you will not make any forward progress until you accept 100% responsibility for quitting drinking for the situation you're in now. And you'll notice I very very deliberately use the word responsibility and not blame. This is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. It's your job to get yourself out of this situation. And you are entirely capable of doing it because I've never met anyone who isn't and you're no different. So get started and don't complain. Just get on with it.
David Healy, Oliver Reed is a legend, was a legend. Did you hear, David, how he died? Um, it's really sad, actually. Um, for those who don't know, Oliver Reed was an, an alcoholic actor, made uh, many movies and was interviewed drunk many times on TV. And um, they always used to ask him, are you still enjoying the drink, Oliver? And you go, oh, yes, I love it. I love the way it makes me feel, darling. I'd say, oh, yes, yes, I love the drink. I love the drink. And every, every, it was, everyone used to laugh about it. Like, you know, Oliver Reed, he's a bit of a drunk. And it was a, it was a bit of a comedy figure for that. Um, and then he, he died uh, in Malta while uh, filming a movie. And everyone said, oh, and he was like 60 years old, something like 61 years old. And everyone said, uh, well, you know, at least he went the way he would have wanted to, you know, because of alcohol. That's Oliver. And everyone made this bullshit up about how he would have been happy to go like that. And actually, if you if you look into the story of what happened, you'll realize that's, it's, it was a tragedy that w what happened to him. He'd been in Malta filming and he'd been something like one year, 18 months sober. So that tells you first that he wasn't happy being an alcoholic. All those TV interviews who said, oh, Oliver, you're still enjoying the drink. Oh, yes, darling, I love it. He was miserable because why would you give up something that makes you happy? So he was like 18 months sober and he went into a bar with a friend in Malta and some um, American uh, Navy officers were in town and they challenged him to a drinking competition. And he got browbeaten and eventually said, OK, I'll take you on. And he beat most of the young uh, naval officers in a drinking competition. He arm wrestled, I think, five or six of them and won, and then walked back to his hotel and dropped down dead with a heart attack on the way back to his hotel. So he didn't want to drink. He got kind of, um, you know, badgered into doing it. And he should have walked away. He should have, shouldn't have even been in the bar. Uh, but he died because he had a relapse, basically. It's very sad. Anyway, there you go. My God, I do go off at tangents, don't I? I'm sorry. Um, how long have we been doing here? Fifty minutes. We'll wrap up soon. I'm aware that I'm, I'm missing a lot of a lot of your posts today. I apologise. I think I've got verbal diarrhoea today. Um, let's, let's skip through here. See what we got. Danielle, Danielle Lee, nice publicity shot, Danielle. Um, what do we think Danielle does? I think a high-powered lawyer or something like that. Hi, Craig. Thank you for your program. Seven days alcohol-free from drinking daily. Your coaching is changing me. New journey ahead. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, K2, thank you for that super chat. Very kind of you. Uh, Craig, I went alcohol-free after carefully administering psychedelic experience. Uh, is that a taboo topic here? Staying uh, alcohol-free with this channel therapy and loving girlfriend. Can you comment? Uh, I know LSD is used quite a lot in experimental mental health um, things. I don't think it would work for me. I think it would freak me out too much. And I guess you have to do it under some experimental uh, clinic, I guess. I, I certainly wouldn't advocate buying uh, you know, psychedelic drugs to do it yourself. But I have heard about it. Um, I know it's been used in depression treatment and things like that. Hey, if they can find a way to sanitize it and, uh, you know, make it predictable um, and it's carefully administered, well, why not? Why not? Yvonne Henderson. 
Oh, we love Yvonne. Um, Yvonne came along to the um, Toronto boot camp. What was that, three years ago, Yvonne? Uh, brought some amazing food with her as well. So we, we doubly love her. Uh, you changed my life, Craig. 4.5 years now sending a huge love from Toronto. So I'm guessing it was more than three years ago, Yvonne. Um, uh, Sloth Ape, I realize when I don't drink, my mind fills up with uncomfortable thoughts. It's hard to tolerate. Yeah, I get you. I get you. And that's a very, I'm guessing you're an introvert, are you? It's very common with introverts. Uh, we use alcohol to slow our crazy brains down. The problem with that is having this powerful brain is it's a blessing and it's a curse because it'll drive you mad trying to predict the outcome of every possible thing that's going to happen to you. And then when you have kids, it'll drive you even more mad because now you have to predict every bad thing that could possibly happen to your kids. And it, it's just nonstop. That's the curse. The gift of having a powerful brain, creative brain like that, is you'll come up with opportunities and avenues that other people wouldn't even consider. You'll pursue things with such focus and dedication and passion that you'll achieve great things. And so you have to accept both sides of the coin. You can't, you can't just have the good without the bad, and you can't have the bad without the good. If you stop drinking, you're going to get this overactive, crazy brain that's driving you nuts, but you're going to get this genius as well. And you have to find a way to balance the two. But if you drink, you'll get less of the crazy, but you'll also get significantly less of the genius. It's a choice. Um, all I can tell you is, having been there myself, I choose this path. I choose the overactive nonsense that I have to keep a check on um, in, just to get my full brain capacity. I spent 20 years doing the other, by the way. Didn't make me happy. Broke every part of my life. <laughs> Brian B. Aboard the SS Sobriety. Yes, the good ship Sobriety, that's what we're on. Um, <laughs> you know, th this boat um, is so important to my mental health. You know, I've talked about this before, uh, that when you stop drinking, you have to replace the alcohol with something. Do not leave a vacuum. That's going to that's gonna hit you hard because one day you'll be sitting on your sofa alone, lonely, bored, frustrated, and the clown will go, hey, why don't you have a drink? And you'll go, yeah, I don't see why not. I'm miserable. I might as well have a drink. Do something that you're passionate about, that you love. And there was a, there was a period of about three months when I didn't own a boat. I'd sold my earlier boat and I hadn't bought this one yet. And I was so depressed, I had to go and see a therapist. <laughs> my wife said to me one day, she said, I think you're depressed. I went, I think you might be right. And I booked in to see a therapist. And I saw her for a couple of months. And I said, I'm going to stop coming to see you. She said, why? She said, we haven't achieved anything. We, we've been fishing around for stuff, but we haven't achieved anything. I said, I've worked it out. I know why I was depressed. She said, why? I said, because I didn't have a boat. I said, I've just bought a boat. I feel happy again. <laughs> so that this yeah, little story. Anyway, uh, thank you for remembering the good ship sobriety. Uh, CJ. Craig ruined alcohol for me, and I'm so glad he did. 
I ended up just hating the stuff and the industry. So no willpower was needed. That's how it worked. Thank you, CJ. That's what I used to say at boot camp. I used to say, uh, good morning. I'm the man that's going to ruin alcohol for you forever. Uh, Bourneville is here from Birmingham in the United Kingdom with his golf clubs on display. Um, welcome in. Uh, Paul, about naltrexone. My dog, uh, my dog, my doctor recommended the drug. There's also a shot I can get once a month. Uh, she has had great results from other, other patients. Yeah. Um, there, there, there is a clinic in London that just does naltrexone treatment for alcohol. Um, yeah. Hey, I sometimes say to people who've done my course and they, they go like a couple of years and have a relapse and they say, I'm, I can't get back on track. What can I do? I do say to people sometimes, look, what, try something different. Why don't you go and try naltrexone just, just to get you back on the, on the path? So why not? Um, let's have a look. <laughs> N, what are some of your funny drinking stories? Well, what you're asking me there, Anne, is to ritually humiliate myself by, tell, by telling you the stupid things I used to do. Uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I don't remember a lot of them. I remember some. I remember one disastrous trip to Amsterdam, that was that ended up being very expensive, in many different ways. I remember having a fight with a mirror in a bar once in Spain, <laughs> um, because I just didn't recognise myself, and I was kind of pushing this person in front of me, and he was pushing me back, obviously, and I was I was getting very angry, and he was getting very angry, and I literally had a fight with a mirror. I mean, I'm basically no better than a budgie in a cage. Uh, Mr. Cheetown, hello, new here. Well, we love new people here. Welcome. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And as KB says, hit the like button. Um, uh, Robert Booth says Bitcoin has gone up a grand since the start of this live. Robert, you were you're watching it even more than me. How many times a day do you check your check your portfolio? I deleted my whole portfolio. Not not the investment, but I deleted the list of my cryptocurrencies and how much I owed because it was depressing me. And every morning looking at that list of red numbers was making me feel so sad. And I deleted it. Ostrich syndrome, head in the sand, pretend it's not happening. And I've been a lot happier since. That's my advice to you. Um, KB says that powerful brain also solves problems amazingly for us. So true. So true. Sailing boaty. Is your boat a sailing boat? No, it's a motor cruiser. It's um, a 42 foot Azimut. It's a 2005. Uh, it's just back in the water after some maintenance. Um, ah, okay. This is, this is interesting from a Facebook user. It always says that, it always makes it anonymous. If you want me to say your name, you have to put your name in the comment. Uh, it's hard for me to find my passion, be mother for almost 18 years. Now they don't need me as much. It's so common, empty nest syndrome. Um, but what you have to remember is, you have a lot of skills. You have a lot of inbuilt nurturing and care and love and all those wonderful gifts that only a mother can have 
you have all those gifts and your children have been the beneficiaries of those gifts for 18 years and it's their job and your job to let them go it's their job to leave and then go and you know be adults on their own you still have all those gifts think about the world we live in right now do you not think someone near you or in this world needs the gifts that you have there's someone out there who needs you just because your children don't need you anymore that doesn't mean other human beings don't there is or animals and I've told the story a few times about the Nashville boot camp. And the lady said exactly the same thing. She said, you know, I've, I haven't got a purpose in life anymore. I'm not mum anymore. I just sit at home crying. I said, what else do you like to do? She said, I like to help animals. I said, okay, well, how much do you like to help? She said, it's always been my dream to, you know, set up my own shelter and help stray animals. Why don't you do it? And she went, yeah, I could do, I suppose. And that's exactly what she did. Uh, so... You have you have some you know great gifts that you can share with other people. Don't keep them to yourself. Um, Philip Lane. Uh, this is officially the longest live stream we've done, but as long as you're happy, I'm happy. Uh, Philip Lane, am I rude if I choose to ignore pre-meal get-togethers? The drink doesn't bother me, but I do find them boring, <laughs> and rather chat over the meal. Uh, are you rude? I can't answer that because I would do the same and I'm probably rude. Um, mind you, with me, I'm more likely to want to leave immediately after the meal's finished because by then the conversation's got boring and drunken and difficult to follow. Uh, also, it's close to my bedtime, of course. So I, I don't know. Whatever works for you, Philip. I think we spent, especially in the West, we spend so much time wondering what, you know, what other people will think about us. Uh, Unity Vegan, understanding the psychology behind addiction really helps. I thank you, Craig. You're very welcome. Uh, Cynthia F uh, Fortier, is that right? Hi, Craig. Love the boat and the therapy story. So true. We need to trust in our own intuition. Uh, absolutely true story that I fired my therapist because the boat worked better, although the boat's more expensive. Um, Lewis, uh, or Lois, sorry, Orlando here, uh, three years with alcohol lied to me. Much love to you. You're very welcome. Well done. Uh, Alexander, two months sober, then relapsed last week, drank and now back in it. Uh, then you know what to do, Alexandra, do something different. You need to, don't just do what you did before and hope it will work out better that this time. You can spend a year trapped in, you know, in that sort of loop. Do something different. Do something you didn't do before. Buy a new book. Sign up to a course. Go to a seminar. It doesn't have to be about alcohol, but just do something dramatically different in your life. Keep trying. And KB says, welcome back. You are with friends here. Uh, Joanne is here. Uh, new here. We love new people, Joanne. You have a new family. That's what, that's what we are. Every Wednesday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Angel, tell the story when you bought the safe. No, no, I'm not telling stories about how stupid I am. I'll do it another day. This is a long story, and I feel like I've been waffling today. Um, Unity Vegan, Alexander, uh, relapse is part of the journey. Don't beat yourself up. Keep coming back. All right, last uh, last couple of comments. Uh, Philip Lane says, "I always have room for dessert." Uh, me too. Me too. Um, 
Bourneville, a few people asked me for advice and I tried unsuccessfully to guide them to your channel. I just tell them to go to YouTube and search for a stop drinking expert. If they want to find it, they'll find it. If they don't really want to find it and they're just paying you lip service, then they'll say, oh, I couldn't find it. It was too difficult. That's not your problem. That's their problem. And, and don't beat yourself up. If they want to find this information, they, they will find it. Uh, Dr. Danger is here. It's always good to see Dr. Danger. Good morning, 28 days. And I know my heart, I got this. Good man. Uh, last couple of comments. Uh, Tony Ortega is here hitting my one year on the 15th. Thank you, Mr. Beck. Your mindset coaching saved me. You're welcome, Tony. And Jennifer Johnson is going to get the last comment because it's so nice and it's got hearts on it. Thank you, Craig. Okay, folks, uh, one hour and four minutes. It's a pretty big session today. Uh, thank you for the super chats. That's really, really appreciated. Um, next Wednesday, nine o'clock, be back here for our sober meeting. Don't miss it. It's an important uh, appointment in your calendar every week. Uh, don't forget Friday's video is all about Samuel L. Jackson. We'll do one tomorrow as well. And if you are, at the start of this journey and you're thinking about um, getting started on my program, here's how you do it. Imagine waking up tomorrow, no hangover, no feelings of guilt or regret, just full of energy and vitality. That goal is not only possible, it's easily achievable. Find out how 200,000 people just like you have rediscovered their happy, sober lives using the Stop Drinking Expert program. Reserve your place on today's free Quit Drinking webinar and get a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a free gift just for turning up.